0: Good morning again. We've been talking about church membership from a biblical perspective. We want to finish that up today and perhaps even next week because it's a very important subject. Last time we looked into the scriptures and we saw that it is essential for us to be the member of a church. Amen? Let me back up. It's essential for us to be a member of the church. Church membership in an organization does nothing for you spiritually. You cannot become a Christian. You cannot be saved by becoming a member of an organization. However, in order to be saved and to become a part of the family of God, you must be a member of the universal body of Christ. Amen? Essential. We are all members of the body of Christ. And what we've been trying to demonstrate to you from the scriptures is that membership in a local organization should parallel our being a member of the church universal. In other words, in order for us to be a member of the universal church, we must receive Jesus Christ as our savior. That's the only way that you could become a member of the family of God, by placing faith in Jesus Christ. Why should you place faith in Jesus Christ? Because he's the only one who died for your sins. No one else did. Muhammad didn't. Uh, What's the name of that Chinese fella? He didn't. Who was he? Not Pastor Lee. No. (laughs) What's the name of the other Chinese guy? Anyway, none of them, no founder of any religion died for the sins of their uh, members, right? It was only Jesus Christ. He paid the price for our sin. We place faith in him. That simply means that I don't have to do anything to earn my salvation because Jesus did everything. I simply have to accept what he did. And he was able to do that because of who he was, who he is, who is he. He is a divine son of God. He committed no sin, but yet he died. So he did not die for his own sin. Because we only die because the wages of sin is what? Death. Jesus died. He had no sin. Why then did he die? He died to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. Florence, good to see you. Hey, there's Florence. We've been praying for Florence for a long time. She's out today. Isn't that great? Good to see you, Florence. So it's essential for us to be a part of the universal body of Christ if we are going to be a member of that body. Likewise, when you become a member of a local church, you have to be, or you should be, a born-again Christian, as we say. One who has placed faith in Jesus Christ, or else you should not be allowed to be a member of a local church. All right? That's one of the first essentials. When we come into the membership of the universal body of Christ, we come into fellowship with the triune God. John teaches that in his epistles. We have fellowship with the Father and with His Son. We have fellowship with the triune God. And so fellowship in the body of Christ causes us automatically to come into Fellowship with the triune God and automatically fellowship with every other member of the incredible body of Christ. We automatically become members of one another as well as mem- members of the triune God. We have fellowship with the triune God and we have fellowship with one another. That's why actually you can use the terms membership and fellowship synonymously they're the same thing. Spiritually speaking, if you are a member of the body of Christ, you are in fellowship with the body of Christ. you understand what I'm saying? So what we're saying then that when a person say says that I want to become a part of a local body, you're saying I want to become a part of the fellowship of the people of God. Now why should you do that? Well, because as we explained last time as well, God's purpose on earth is being done primarily through the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. In other words, God's purpose for this earth, some would even say the universe, is being done through members of the incredible body of Christ. And so, when you become a part of a local assembly, a local fellowship, you're saying, I want to be In fellowship with those who have been commissioned by God to carry out his will in the earth. What is his will? Well, there are many elements, aspects to it. But primarily, his will on earth is that we proclaim the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's it in a nutshell. Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, that's a good statement. What does it mean? Well, all those who acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord becomes a part of the family of God. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Romans 10. We call upon the name of the Lord for salvation. And what God is doing, in a nutshell, is having the message of the Lordship of Christ Proclaimed throughout the ends of the earth so that all people might come to that knowledge and bow the knee and acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And I want you to know something There's coming a day when every knee shall bow. Amen. Every knee shall bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's what we're here for. As believers, we're here to accomplish that purpose. And it can only be accomplished in concert with one another. No individual Christian can accomplish the purpose of God on earth. It's only the body of Christ. And it's only when the members of the body of Christ come together that the will of God can be accomplished on this earth. It's a body, it's not an arm, it's not a leg. It's not an ear or a nose or an eye alone. It's a body. How would you like to see my big, beautiful eyes walking down this? It'll be ugly, right? I know you can't imagine me being ugly, but try It's the same way when we have a Christian who believes that he or she is so important, so vital to the body of Christ, that they and they alone are being blessed by God. And without them, nothing else is going to go on. No, no, no. In the body of Christ, you need me, believe it or not. And I need you. I cannot grow without you. You cannot grow without me. This is clearly taught in Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The members of the body of Christ. And so one of the primary purposes of a person being in fellowship, in membership of a local body, is that together we might accomplish the will of God on earth. And I say to you again, Jesus Christ did not save you. To give you a good life. To give you the good life. Jesus Christ saved you. To glorify him. On this earth. To grow to be more like him. And you can have all the money in the world. You can have all the position and the prestige and the power. The esteem from mankind. You can have all of that. As a Christian. But if you are not growing more Christ like everyday. You you've miss the purpose of your being here. You're to be transformed into the image of Christ so that everybody who sees you and knows you want to become like you because you're like Christ. That's it in a nutshell. Now, what then are some of the real benefits other than what we've already mentioned of being a part of the body of Christ? Well, the first one I've mentioned It's essential to spiritual growth. Listen to these words. Ephesians chapter 4. It was Christ who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Notice now, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge Of the Son of God and became and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ I want you to see this that's the whole purpose for our life as believers to be transformed every day into the likeness the character of Jesus Christ as I was speaking to the new members class today we here at Calvary Bible Church do not measure our effectiveness by how many people come out on Sunday morning or by how much money is received in the offering, or by how large the Sunday school is, or how big a building we have, or how many buildings we have. No, no, no. The effectiveness of the ministry of Calvary Bible Church is measured by how you are being transformed in the image of Christ every day of your life. That's it. If you are not becoming more Christ-like, if you're not being drawn closer to God, coming to love Him, and trying to really have that intimate relationship with God through reading the Scriptures, through prayer, through meditation, and helping others, and loving one another, then we have failed. We have failed. We are here to become like Christ, to demonstrate what He is like to the world. He says, then we no longer will be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in deceitful scheming. Believe it or not, there are religious shysters out there and they're trying to get your money. Let me tell you this. You can measure your spiritual growth by how much money you are giving to those who are not teaching the Word of God. You say, but they all say they're teaching the Word of God. That's where maturity comes in. If you mature, you can determine what is the Word of God and what is not. It is only when you are not mature that you are going to be hooked into this kind of a thing. You say, what do you mean? Well, let me give you an illustration of a false teaching that so many of you are involved in. How many of you have heard of the prayer of agreement? You know what the prayer of agreement is? Yeah, stop talking. you all talking about this in the class, right? Prayer of agreement, you have it? Call in so I could agree with you. So when we pray, God will have to answer. It's called the power of the prayer of agreement. If any two agree on my name, you ask and I will do it. Now you know what I'm talking about? I don't think you could listen to the radio today without hearing that. The amazing thing is, go to the scriptures. The passage that they're using to build on it has nothing to say about prayer. Nothing to say about prayer. But yet a whole religious movement is being being developed around a passage of scripture that doesn't say anything about what they're purporting it to say. And many of you are hooked into it. I call you up because I want you to agree with me. And the Bible says if two of you agree, God got to answer it. That's false teaching. That's erroneous teaching. And only those who are immature in the faith and don't understand the scriptures are going to fall into it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, God's purpose is to cause us to mature. And we mature by knowing the scriptures and knowing him more intimately. I could give you many other illustrations today of how immaturity in the lives of so many people are causing them to be drawn away from God rather than to God. Because they're listening to the word of God and not... I'm sorry, they're listening to the word of man and not to the word of God. Verse 14. We are no longer to be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head, that is, Christ. From Him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each one does its part. That's the point. Everyone who claims the name of Christ and is being made a member of the body of Christ. Each of us share the same importance. I am no more important in the body than you are and you are not important than I am. We are all on the same level. God needs all of us in the body of Christ. Each one. Everyone, we need to be ministering according to the gift that God has given to us, if we are going to grow. Listen to what Paul says in First Corinthians 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized into one spirit, into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we're all given the one spirit to drink. When it comes to being in the body of Christ, we are all on the same level. All of us, we need each other. I need you. You need me. The body grows in that fashion. That's why it's important to be a part of the member, to be a part of a local body of believers. Because you can't grow spiritually without it. Impossible. You cannot grow alone, staying home watching TV you cannot even grow into maturity staying alone reading your bible you have to be a part of a functioning local body of believers that's the way god has designed it it's essential for spiritual growth and for accomplishing the purpose of god on earth Here's another reason why it's important to be A part of a member body of Christ not only because of the growth not only because of the prevalence of false teaching but also because of the diversity of denominations this is a sad thing to have to talk about as members of the body of Christ but it exists denominations by their very nature exist because of differences in biblical interpretation as well as personal ambition some are honorable some are not so honorable But today, we do not have the luxury of one local church as it was on the day of Pentecost. The evil one has established counterfeit churches in the world alongside the true churches of Christ, the true church of Christ. We must assure as much as possible that only true believers become active members of a local congregation. Because when you have a mixture of of unbelievers, unbelievers say they're ministering to God, all you have is a religious salad that doesn't taste so good. A biblical procedure for local church membership provides the safeguard. The first one, you must become a Christian. The second one is what kind of a doctrine are you holding now? If you are holding erroneous doctrine... You should not be given membership in a local church. Why? Because if you are a member of a local church and you go into erroneous doctrine and will not change, the Bible says you should be excommunicated. And so if you should be excommunicated for holding false doctrine, certainly you shouldn't be allowed into the church if you hold false doctrine. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to find out what is it that you believe. Basically, I know whether you should wear a white shirt when you come to church, or whether you should wear makeup and all that. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Although many churches are being broken up because of those things. I'm talking about do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? That his death, resurrection alone is the basis for your salvation? And a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, one essence with three distinct persons. Those are the things we're talking about essential doctrine that must be adhered to if we are going to be able to have the local church to be a true manifestation of the church universal, the diversity of denominations. But also, membership in a local body is essential today because of the loss of the biblical concept of the true church. There's very little practical recognition of the unity of the spirit today, unfortunately, In our world, when it comes to church life, it's really impossible today for believers to simply move from one church to another church with assurance that they are going to be received as members of the body of Christ based on the Word of God. That's right. That's why we have constitutions in the churches. Do you realize that constitu- the constitutions are really made up to separate us rather than to unite us? Because what do it do? You've got to believe this if you don't come in. Now, there's a sense where it does unite those who do believe it. But basically, the only constitution we should have is the word of God. But sin has come in and corrupted our thinking, our ambitions, and so we try to do things our way. Rather than the biblical way, and so there is a loss of the oneness of the spirit. But there is also no acknowledging today of spiritual accountability. Very few of you sitting here today would like to believe that the pastors of this church that you are accountable for your spiritual life to the pastors of the church. I is my Oman. I could do what I want to. I am accountable to one person and that's God. Ain't nobody else business what I do. That's not biblical. We don't have a sense of accountability for our life. We don't have a sense of that. That's why it's possible for someone in this church, Calvary Bible Church, to sin. And then when the pastors or the elders counsel them, they will not repent. And so they leave. And they go to another church. And they become an elder over there. That happens all the time. People moving from church to church. Why? Because they do not want to be accountable for their sin. And they go to another church and they come. People, oh boy, I'm so glad to get you another member. I don't care what kind of life. I don't care what kind of a relationship we have. No sense of accountability. That's why there's such a lack of spiritual power in most churches. And you see, even today, even here in Calvary Bible Church, we come, we see some of you living in sin, and we call you and we want to talk to you. Man, that ain't on your business. You that ain't none your business. But you see, church. Discipline doesn't really start there. You know where church discipline starts? First with the individual. The person is to examine his own life. If he sees there's sin in his life, what is he supposed to do? Confess it. Turn away. It's end. It's done. Nothing else. But if he doesn't and he continues in his sin, then those of us who are in the body, if we see him sin or her, we have the obligation. Now see, the obligation. This is where accountability comes in. This is the members of the body of Christ. This is a community. We've lost that sense. If I see Alan's sin, and he doesn't deal with it, then I have the obligation to go to him and point it out. If I don't go, I am sinning. You understand what I'm saying? If I don't go, I am sinning. But if I go to Alan, and I confront him with this, and I said, Alan, I love you, but listen, this is contrary to the word of God. Alan said, get out of here. I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to talk to you. So then I go to Ron. I said, Ron, come with me. Here's what I've seen in Alan's life. I want you to go with me as I talk with him. Ron comes with me. Alan listens. He said, oh, yes, I realize I've sinned. I, I asked your forgiveness. I'm asking God's forgiveness. You know what happens? It ends. Everything's finished. But if Alan still refuses, then it's our obligation to take Alan to the leaders of the church and repeat the same thing. If Alan repents, bang, that's it. Finish. Forgiveness. But if he doesn't, then discipline has to be exercised. But you see, the process is one that many of us run away from. Why? There's no sense of accountability. I is my own man. I can do what I want. That's not. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what being a part of the member of the body of Christ is all about. You understand what I'm saying? But we don't like that. In fact, today in many churches, when I was pastoring in Racine Bible Church, they had to, it started way back then, way back in the 70s, 80s. They had to take out a special insurance for me as a pastor and a counselor. Because if anyone was in any way displeased, for instance, suppose I uh, had to take a couple before the church because they refused to repent because of their sin, whatever it could be. They would sue me for defamation of character. And that's happening all over in the United States. That's why people today are afraid to discipline. You see? It could happen here. But you could bet your life if there's ever cause for discipline here, I'll have Pastor Arnett excommunicate you. (laughs) So you can sue him, not me. Right, Pastor Arnett? (laughs) But see, what I am talking about here is accountability. And search your own heart. You know that yourself. You don't want to be accountable for your sin, nor do you want to be accountable for the sin of your brother or sister, when we are in fact. You understand what I'm saying? That's why church membership is so important. These things have to be taught and practiced. That's what it means to be in community, to be a part of the body of Christ. And so what we say to you then is that membership in the local church is essential for spiritual growth. It could prevent you from falling into false error. It could give you a sense of accountability to one another and it can provide the spiritual growth that you need. Now, here at Calvary Bible Church, we have some basic things for as far as membership is concerned. Purity of life as well as purity of doctrine. We talked about that. Faith in Christ as Savior. Baptism. Now this one, I, I'm going to be honest, I always tell the men this, I have a little situation with this one. Here at Calvary, we require that you be baptized to become a member. But really, when we get right down to it, we cannot say this is a biblical requirement. Why? Because you don't have to be baptized in order to become a part of the universal body of Christ. Right? However, baptism is something that is required of believers. In fact, that's the first thing one of the first things we should do as believers is to be baptized. Again, we have called twisted this up today. We have people that got to wait for years because you've got to go to all kind of classes in order to be baptized. But the New Testament knows nothing about that. The only thing that's required for baptism is faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. You see? But that's just one of our requirements here. Know Christ as Savior. Be baptized. Living a pure life. Now, some people say, hey man, what do you mean living? I come into church because I want to learn how to be a pure life. Yeah. But if you're shocking up at somebody and you won't give that up, there's no way that we're going to say that you are qualified to be a member of the church. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're living in sin. And that's a whole word I don't like. We're all living in sin when it comes right down to it because all of us sin every day, right? So be careful how we use that word living in sin. Don't make that look worse than it is. But we have people living in a situation that is a sinful one, right? And so if that is the case, like for instance, we we counsel marital people, uh, uh, we, we do premarital counseling, and we find that some people come in and they are living together. So one of our demands to continue with that is that you separate. Now, of course, that could bring a lot of problems, especially if you've been living together a long time, you have got children and all that. A lot of kind of problems. But still, we have to go forward. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because one of the basic characteristics of the church of Jesus Christ is that it is a holy church. It is a holy church. The Holy Spirit indwells. And you cannot have unholiness going on in a holy place. That's why discipline is necessary. That's why purity of life is necessary. That's why purity of doctrine is necessary. Because the church of Jesus Christ is a holy church set apart from sinful action and behavior. Now, does it mean you have to be perfect? No, that's not the idea. When we sin, as we mentioned in our prayer time today, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But our determination must always be to keep the body pure, pure, free from immorality, free from impure doctrine, impure living, and so on. The scriptures tell us there's another thing is important for church membership, and that is the fact that we should meet together. That's amazing, and you become a part of a member. Of a body, but then you don't come out. I, I just want you to, you know, look at the it's illogical. Why do you want to be a part of the member of the body that you don't want to come out now? have fellowship with? You see, that's because we have the wrong idea of membership. We think it's the membership that gives us grace before God or give us merit. That's not it. The scriptures are very clear that believers are to gather together for the benefit of spiritual growth. In fact, do you know one of the basic meaning of the word church, ecclesia? Those who have been called out into fellowship with Christ. In other words, you can put it this way, those who have been called out to get together. Now, if you call called out and you're not getting together, you're not really fulfilling the whole idea of the concept of the church. That's why some churches call themselves assemblies. Because how the whole idea of assemblies is? What? Coming together. It's from the Greek the synagogue. It has the idea of coming together. A synergy takes place, as it were, and the people of God comes together. What happens? Well, listen to this passage. Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. This is what takes place when the people of God gets together. The King James Version says, uh, provoke one another. One of the things then we as believers should be doing is provoking one another in a good sense, provoking one another to good deeds under love. You see, that's how the body grows. We get together. That's why, for instance, we're having a lunch afterwards. Now I want you to get together and provoke one another. The good works and the love. See, that's what it is. If we don't allow opportunity for those kinds of things, what does the church become? We have more spectators here in the church most often. You come, you sit down, you say, give it to me, brother. Bless me. I've been working hard all week. I want to come to church for a blessing. What that means. I don't want anything that disturbs me. Oh yeah, I know I teefen from my, my employees. Oh yeah, I know I doing this, I am and up, but I won't hear that. I won't be blessed. Well, if you won't be blessed, then you better don't come here. If that's the way you're looking at blessing. I'm serious about that. We are to provoke, encourage, motivate one another to love and the good works. How's that done? By getting to know one another that's why when we go out here today for lunch I I forgot to do this I was going to do it I was gonna have name tags for everybody so we could know the names of everybody and I was going to give you an assignment that before you leave today you meet at least three people you have not met before I want to encourage you to do that anyway although we don't have the tags look for people that you haven't met before and just go up and introduce yourself. And just ask him the questions. What's your name? How long have you been coming to Calvary Bible Church? How much money you make? No, you have got to ask them. That. You don't have to ask them. That. Hebrews 10. Let us consider how... By the way, that will shut the conversation right down. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Notice now. Let us not give up meeting together now this is a command now this isn't a suggestion this is a command let us not give up meeting together you see these hebrew christians were doing that and they had a good reason as far as they were concerned they were being persecuted their own families were persecuting them because these Jewish people were meeting together different from going to the temple and the synagogue and so on. And so they, because of the fact that there had been persecution and ostracized, they couldn't even buy from some stores. And so they say they take off the pressure, I'm not going to meet together anymore. Even in that situation, they are commanded to meet together. Now we won't have that kind of pressure. Right? Do you have that kind of pressure? Don't come out of church, or so you won't get no food. You come out of church, or so you can't come to my Christmas party no more. You don't have that kind of pressure. These people did, but yet they were still commanded to get together. It's amazing to me how those who become members of a local church would find excuses not to come. Oh man, big TV special on today. Tonight And it's the same time church. So, you know, how come I'm to church? Send me a tape. But yet they got tape recorders that could tape the show. In fact, what, they have, what do they call that thing now? V.O.? What is it called? Uh, huh? Ne- what? Nevo, Not Nemo. Nemo. Yeah, that's right. Name that. They got that. So why don't you do that? You understand? But yet you'd rather get a message from the church rather than taping the ball game. You understand what I'm saying? And the whole idea is you don't got to take message that builds you up, but rather it's coming together that builds you up. You see down there? That's what builds you up. It's coming together. You see? And a lot of us look at these things and we laugh and we have fun with all of this stuff. But listen, this is serious business when you talk about being a member of the body of Christ. When God commands us to do something, we better have a good reason for not doing it. And I can tell you now, the ball game is not a good reason. And not, I feel tired tonight. These people, you, they were under pressure of death even, but yet they were commanded to get together. Notice now, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Boy, sometimes you wonder if Paul was looking, or whoever wrote this was looking at us, say. Some in the habit of doing. It became a rut. That's what a habit is, a rut. But let us, notice now, encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. See, that's what happens when we get together. We provoke one another. We encourage one another. Love to do good deeds and to keep on coming out to keep on coming out. That's why each of us, as we see individuals who are not coming out of the should be talking, hey, why are you not out tonight? What happened? Why are you sinning? That's accountability. But you do that to somebody. Well, You're going a vote. I ain't none of your business. I can do what I want. I'm responsible for my actions, and that's it. Boom. That's not the attitude of a person who's in fellowship Not only with the body of Christ, but with the triune God. And we're going to talk about this next week. We're going to look at some of the blessings and obligations of being a member of the body of Christ on a local level. But the most important thing at all, as I close now, is that you be a member of the universal body of Christ. That means that you realize that you're sinner. and you place faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and was raised again, then you become a part of the universal body of Christ. That's primary. The other things come after that. But that's basic. But if you are already a member of the body of Christ, oh, I encourage you to encourage others. Take the opportunities coming out. See, don't come out just to hear the preacher. Come out to see one another. Come out to fellowship with one another. Come out to share with one another. That's what it's all about. Demonstrate that. The Bible tells us that we should greet one another with a holy kiss. Some people say, "Daddy, that means greet one another with a handshake. And I'm sorry, that ain't what it says. Somebody says, Man, if I kiss another man, boy, I got plenty of with that. But <laughs> well, let me say, that. interpret it the way you want to do it. But greet one another in a way that shows Christian love. Just say, Hey, I love you. I praise God that you are a member of the incredible body of Christ. Amen? All right.